Hello and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM. My name is Scotty Hertz and I'm joined by... Oh, it's me, Adam A. Donaldson from Guelph Politico. (laughs) (laughs) so weird to be on this end of the thing. (laughs) Caught him off guard. We've done a little bit of role reversal today just for laughs, you know, just just to mix it up a little bit. Just to keep it interesting. It's it's an early April Fool's show. Mm Mm-hmm. February <laughs> it's anyway. a leap year, you know. <laughs> We're going to discuss the layoffs at Bell CTV and the repercussions that go with that affecting media and all sorts of other things. Also in the news, Bill 124 coming out of Queen's Park or a stopped dead at Queen's Park, depending on your perspective. And also the repercussions that are coming out of that. And they are fast and furious. But for the first half hour we're gonna have a bit of an omnibus talking (laughs) about the events in guelph this week because it's been a rock and roll week at city hall oh my and part of that too we're going to talk a little bit about the uh the reigniting let's say of the uh, strong mayor powers which happened earlier in the week or was stated was going to happen earlier in the week but as an, an extension from that if you follow Adam at all on, on his newsletter and at Guelph Political, you'll know that he spent several days encamped at uh, City Hall starting Tuesday <laughs> night, which was the regular council <laughs> meeting. And then all day Wednesday, Valentine's Day, quite literally all day and beyond, was an epic meeting about uh, potential bylaw on the books about, I always want to call it the community safety. They all have these um, names hmm. that reflect what's going on. Community standards bylaw right no public public spaces use bylaw. yeah i should have just left it to you to say this public <laughs> space use community standards is actually the kingston one and i wanted to touch on that a bit when we get to it yeah. but adam give us yeah. a little bit of a rundown i know you've done it in your newsletter but mm-hmm. uh what the heck actually happened wednesday all day and part of the night at city hall well i take it nobody wants to hear about council sitting as tribunal in a matter of uh misassigned development charges at the paisley and white law development so i'll stick with the meeting uh, super long right that's that's what extended (laughs) it like you couldn't leave that for another day i don't know it was about two hours in the middle i mean it speaks to kind of poor agenda management which has been a council problem for a while um but yes um well uh back in january uh council directed staff to come up with a public spaces use bylaw by the end of February, but because of the misogos of, of of how council works, they basically had 11 days to pull something together, and they did before the, the agenda was released two weeks ago. And um, so the, the public, uh, public spaces use bylaw was presented in the agenda. The meeting was Wednesday. Uh, it was an all-day affair. There were maybe 40 people who signed up to speak. I wasn't keeping count, but I would say about 30 people were actually there. Like Some people drop out because they change their mind or because um, they go there first thing in the morning and uh, they end up their name doesn't end up coming up until 1 o'clock, and so they've had to go to work or people are sick or you know life happens. Um, but about at least 30 people got up and spoke, and then you know council had their turn to ask questions and then we had this tribunal thing in the middle which was at least three hours out of the whole 12 hours (laughs) of council yeah with that included like breaks and and things like that and them going in camera to make a decision but um the too long didn't read of it is council eventually decided to defer 
um, any further passage or discussion of of this bylaw until after the as you, as you mentioned the the Kingston court situation sorts itself out, which interestingly, um, if people remember back to November, uh, there was a public there was a motion involving the use of public spaces for encampments that was going to come at the end of November at, at that, that last council meeting at the end of November, Mayor Guthrie pulled it the weekend before the meeting, essentially because of that Kingston decision. Uh, and yet we, we went through this whole, I'm going to call it a morass on hmm. yesterday, despite the fact there's been like no legal movement on the Kingston case between the end of November and, and today. Um, but eventually that was the, you know, to, to borrow a phrase from Councillor Philalt, the Solomon-like decision, which was uh, to just put put it off. To, maybe not Solomon. Solomon wasn't a procrastinator, but we, we've essentially put it off till Kingston sorts its stuff out, or the court sorts Kingston's stuff out, as it were. Do you think this is the meeting that, I get the impression this is the meeting that would have happened had that motion gone through in November. Like the personnel would oh, have yeah. been the same. Everything would have been the same. It's just, it, it got punted forward February. And the end result of this was kicked forward again to an undetermined date. But that's the thing, right? It's like we know that the Kingston, we're calling it the Kingston decision. Mm. The court hasn't decided on that yet. Everyone is aware of that. So Mm. maybe you can tell us where exactly this motion came from. Was it city council directed staff to come up with something and that's why it dropped this week? And do you think that this is just me speculating here it Mm. seems to come in the wake of the two significant fires that have happened on top of everything else that's been happening with encampments all the other the nuanced things that were discussed at the meeting in length there was uh there's one just up the road from us here in the ward lit up and then there was the fire downtown and then it seems that uh, this is just me speculating again in the wake of that was like oh my god things are unsafe there's there's charred propane tanks and you know to be fair very unsafe right that sucker could have blown yeah. blown to pieces so that just seems to me might have been what prompted the acceleration of this a little um bit. a little bit i think that the fear of it was what prompted it that that first fire in st george's square was actually on if i remember correctly it was actually on the day this was coming up at uh, what the the january 16th council meeting that directed staff to come up with a bylaw that was that morning right um and then i i do i, I when councillor dollar was talking about fires plural yesterday I, I, I did recall that there was one um ar- along the river somewhere a couple of weeks ago too in your neck of the woods yeah um so so there have been fires plural but of course all of this was in motion before the fires so i mean i i guess maybe it, this is a bit of uh mayor guthrie being uh, like prescient i i don't know but i mean given how cold it was in, in january it, you know there was you know blizzards in january uh, perhaps it wasn't altogether surprising that, that there would be a fire um yeah the the process of this to, to get back to your first question yeah this this was the meeting that was supposed to happen in november it was most of the same players you know like sanguine uh community health uh, Dominica McPherson was there. I think she signed up to delegate back in November, but she was just sort of like watching it all go down yesterday. But like some of the names had changed, but the players were like mostly the same. I think because it happened in the day this time, there probably wasn't a lot of representation from 
business owners and business people. Mm-hmm. They had a they had a lot of representation in the correspondences, but because it was like during regular business hours, I don't think a lot of like the business owners were there um in at least in the chambers. They could have theoretically um appeared by video or on the phone as as some delegates do now there is that option but that that what that was kind of interesting to me that there wasn't an overwhelming physical or virtual presence from from downtown business people um in t- in terms of you know how did this get started it was a motion from council and i i've criticized this it was entire like they go into closed session uh, in camera, which means you don't get to see what happens. And normally, this is this is a perfectly lawful function under the municipal act for a council to meet in camera because there's confidentiality matters, sure. um, like HR matters, solicitors' advice, meaning lawyer advice is is considered confidential. But they went into a closed session, had a two hour meeting, and they came out with this motion that directed staff to come to to council by the end of February with this public spaces use bylaw. What was interesting <laughs> is that there were a lot of council questions that were asking Colleen Clack Bush, who's the deputy chief administrative officer of public services, and, and this is under her bailiwick because she supervises the fire department and coordination with Wellington County on social services and the library and um, all the kind of public facing departments of the city. Um, they're asking, you know, like, why did we do this? Why did we do that? Why didn't we go out and like talk to people with lived experience? Why didn't we send people to go talk to people in Camden's? And her answer was like, because you told us to, and we had eleven days to get uh, this done. Right. So I I don't know if that if if this was like some some councils trying to sell the point that this was like really seat of the pants time, mm. or if, like there was some genuine like misunderstanding that you know you can't do a fulsome public engagement in two business weeks that's I'll, I'll leave i'll leave others to make that determination well i i think some of the speakers brought it up too uh, checking out your threads there was like the the you know the mm. consultation period was was so low how can you expect to have input so of course the input comes day of and we, we've seen this a lot yeah. over the we see it over the years where mm. people delegate and they'll be you know i can think of some we were both there as well where there's like a hundred people sure Hundred people present. Now, it got a little bit punchy, didn't it? No literal punches, <laughs> but it it sounded like it was it was tense at times. Speaking of bylaw, I mean, this is all about the bylaw. And I saw that shot on the today of of the. It looked like the. I know that they didn't, but it looked it gave the impression that the bylaw offices were about to crack some heads. <laughs> but that I know that didn't yeah. happen. But just the way it was framed was like, oh, here come the bylaw. They're gonna kick everybody out. But uh, that's not. I think there was an adjournment and then cooler heads prevailed or slightly cooler, but it sounds like there was quite a bit of unparliamentary language, which, uh, which I'm all for, by the way, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, what is decorum? Yeah, no, um, it's to, to people who might not know who aren't like re- regulars inside the council chambers, there has been an uptick in, in the presence of security there. And I think that stems back to a couple of town halls during the budget process last fall when the 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 palestinian uh solidarity protests were kind of hot and there was one town hall where um where the the show up guelph folks you know sort of came and and got a little rowdy and a little noisy and you you sort of see by law 
and security, a more frequent presence in sort of these official capacities ever since. Uh, to get to the decorum question, yeah. Um, for people who don't know, there are certain you know uh, aspects of behavior that you know you you have to sort of rein in when you're in a council chambers. It's, it's you're not going to watch you know WWE Raw and cheering when you know the Rock slams a chair over some guy's back. Um, of course, you know an issue like this, which you know there were many people who were in the council chambers for maybe the first time. Um, aren't aware of this. And I think this was a mistake of communications on Mayor Guthrie's part. He, you know, people are like snapping and mm-hmm. clapping and in, in response to like delegations they like. And and Cam's like, guys, we gotta maintain decorum. And somebody in the back yells, What do you mean decorum? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh y- you know, other people sort of chimed in, like, we're just clapping and 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 you know, Cam went from zero to seventy with uh just like okay, like take that guy out, take that guy out, and everyone's like got out of their chair, and I wasn't expecting it to get violent. No, um, of course you never really expect things to get violent, but no. um, <laughs> but you know, Cam called pause. He he said like okay, we're gonna take a break. He and Council left the room, and he came back two minutes later. Like okay, he was much more calmer. He said okay, here's what I mean by decorum, and he could have done that at right at the top. Exactly. <laughs> And said, guys, okay, I know this is like a like a super sensitive topic. You're gonna hear some stuff today you don't like. Uh, you're gonna hear some stuff today you really you're you're probably gonna like, but you gotta keep in mind this is supposed to be a safe space for everyone's where we can have differences of opinion without people feeling unsafe. And so th- so you know what? If you wanna do the wave your hands, like the the American Sign Language sign for clapping, yeah. like that's you know, whatever, but like you can't youp and holler and call like- someone a jerk or or whatever occupy style right wave the hands right right yeah so i did see a little bit of traffic on the social this morning about this and there is some confusion as to what the mm-hmm. end result was when the end mm-hmm. result was that this they had a vote to defer this which means mm-hmm. it's not that nothing happened but nothing mm-hmm. concrete happened in terms of law it's just been bumped forward once again into an unknown future which could be two weeks from now could be several right. months from now correct well to, to get what you, you were saying about the kingston case uh the ontario court told the city of kingston okay you can you can absolutely say to people that they can you know camp overnight but you can't oh uh, no what what it was is um they kept the daytime prohibitions uh, against camping, and I think that's what's sort of being appealed. There, there's an appeal going on, so we're not sure what the final version of that law is going to look like, which is, again, the reason why Cam pulled it in November, or Mayor Catherine right. pulled it in November. Um, what the council did on Wednesday was they deferred it, which means nothing's changed. Right. For right this minute, nothing has changed. There is no new bylaw on the books. Um, so you know, if, if people are thinking that something happened or there's some sort of like procedural skullduggery, there wasn't. They're just like putting it off for another day. It will show up at some point another on another agenda. In the meantime, what council did approve, there were three recommendations in total. They deferred the passing of the bylaw, which was one of the one of the recommendations. The other two recommendations, one was advocacy, which is a recommendation with all of these motions, which is like we gotta get the provincial government and the federal government and everybody to like help us out with this. And of course, coincidentally, this week there was that 
report from the Human Rights Commission about how in, uh, encampments are like a national crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other motion was like, we're going to collect the data from, we're going to keep trying to collect the data about shelter capacity and the by name list, which is the list of everybody um, in, in Wellington County, including Guelph, who's looking for permanent housing. Um, we're going to keep collecting that data, which is sort of like the the underlying justification for this, because I think it was the um, what was the other court case I'm trying to think of? It was in Waterloo, the region of Waterloo. Oh, right. Yeah. That, it, th- that, that court case there, which was last summer, was like you have more homeless people than you have capacity to um to house them in the shelter system so you can't say we're kicking you out of an encampment when we literally have nowhere for you to go so that that's where the 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 sort of collection of data comes into this is that people need um they need to be able to show that the need for spaces is greater than the county's ability to house people and of course that's not to say anything there aren't issues with shelters like you can't stay with your partner when you're in a shelter, you can't stay with your pet if you have a pet in your sh- right. in your shelter. So, like, there's all these human rights considerations about the limits of shelters and why people don't go into shelters um, and instead pop a tent somewhere. Um, but I mean, that was sort of like the, the 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 crux of the the region of Waterloo case, which was that you can't kick people out of encampments when you don't have the shelter beds to put them in. So that's why the data piece of this is key. But yeah, as as for like. Like nobody's getting evicted from St. George's Square in the short term. Nobody's getting evicted from any other encampment. There's going to be increased um, education about fire prevention, which mm. is going to, you know, as things weather gets warmer, is probably not going to be as much of a priority. And there's going to be continued visits from public health and stepping stone to make sure people are okay. But um, other than that, like the, the, the bylaws. I'm, is it it will probably come back at some point, but until the Kingston situation is sorted out, um, Guelph isn't I, like like we're gonna do data collection and all that. But in in terms of like bylaw, it's it's not uh, a priority at the so, moment. So after all of Wednesday's sound and fury, <laughs> it's status quo. <laughs> things things are the same for now. But speaking of sound and yeah. maybe sound a level of, <laughs> a level of fury. I don't know if we can call it fury because it's Cam Guthrie, but. <laughs> beginning of the week was the cam has stated that he's going to uh i want to say reignite i don't know how to describe this he reinitiate the mm. strong mayor powers and of course the blowback was was immediate it's like how dare you if mm. i understood it right when he gave up his strong mayor powers or the ones that he gave up in i think that was in the fall mm-hmm it was with a proviso, right? That was like, oh, you know, I, you know, I reserve the right at any time to bring this back, if the need speaks to it. What would I think? What was I think he's actually said trying times, right? Mm. In trying times, this will come back. I, I don't know if that's a direct quote, but I somehow have that in my head. That's that's what prompted this. And- well, there were certain responsibilities he like. He, he when when the strong mayor powers were announced last summer, he he didn't accept like things like appointing the chairs and vice chairs of local committees and boards. Right, like, that Procedure was a power sir. Yeah, and things like hiring the CAO and the 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 heads of like various departments and like taking charge of writing the budget. You know, because every mayor is like can can write the budget for a half a billion dollar corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like those sorts of things, Cam was like. 
we have city processes for those. Um, I'm going to keep, you know, we have a process for hiring the CAO. In fact, we're about to re-enter that process for hiring a CAO because Scott Stewart is retiring this summer. Um, so he kind of signed off on that. What he kind of held on to was, I guess, the, the core um, legislative thing about strong mayor powers, which is like the veto power. And, you know, he had to go through a, a, a process during the budget because you don't approve councils don't approve the budget anymore. It's just like did the mayor like we created a budget, the budget is amended, and did the mayor veto any of those amendments? In this case, the, the mayor didn't veto any of the amendments, so the right. budget stood. And it's, I'm not sure I'm, in. I'm not sure how much people are getting this because it's like really in the weeds. But right, but um, anyway, Cam, yeah. so Cam's focus are three things, and he had beautiful graphics to describe Be- it all. Beautiful graphics. That beautiful graphics. graphics. On point. Yeah. Yeah. Great one stuff. is one is cat. Two of these things are related to what we were talking about, and one is could be a separate world and probably another half hour altogether is <laughs> capping the Guelph's uh, estimated tax increase. He wants to cap it at 4%. Right. And the other two things we're exploring, and this stuff is very much echoing what's going on in Kitchener in particular, building mm-hmm. housing of some description, presumably affordable over parking lots, but other mm-hmm. city-owned spaces in town. And also trying to spur on a tiny home project, yeah, better, which yeah, which looks like a project, yeah, yeah, which looks like it's going to be happening anyway, kind of outside of I, I maybe with a relationship with the city, but it's also there's one been initiated that's that's really nothing to do with. I, I don't think anything to do with what Cam could ordain <laughs> strong mayor powers, so. Mm. what would you what are you getting from this is it like it's not clear as to whether it's like this is going to happen or cam is just floating this i i i it's not clear to me and as you know we follow these things i'm like is he just gonna is he gonna how is this gonna play out (laughs) is my question it's a good question because like there, there are a number of things going on here and he you know ctv interviewed him later on Thursday after the meeting. And he's like, like these aren't, he, you know, he was trying to explain like, these aren't edicts. Like we're not going to do this stuff. It's like, I'm just like super accelerating the policy um, and, and directing staff to come up with this policy. And then we're going to bring it back to council. And then we're going to have a council discussion about it. And it's like, well, that's not really how you sold it at the state of the city, which I'm not a hundred percent sure was the right venue for that because state of the city is like largely a networking event for mm-hmm. a chamber of commerce members and local government and local nonprofits. So I'm not sure like, and <laughs> we, we all got all those of us at the media table, got a, a printed hard copy of the speech uh, embargoed before it started. And um, it 14 pages, single spaced. Um, oh and the, the strong mayor power announcements were buried on pages 13 and 14. So it, <laughs> It, you know when you're sitting there waiting for the speech to start, you're flipping through. It's like okay, library started, yeah, South End Rec Center, yeah, downtown, you know, renewal. It's like okay, well, you know, I go to every city council meeting, so I know what's going on. And then you know he drops this at the end. So there was a question about the venue. There was a question that you know city council didn't know this was coming, which was super weird because there was a city council meeting literally 12 hours before, and Cam could have. You know, called a closed session and said, and had he had everybody there, cl- called a closed session and said, "Okay, look, everybody, this is what I'm going to be announcing tomorrow at State of the City, so you don't get caught off guard." 
Um, I know there's a lot of umbrage about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard rumblings that he went to city staff the, the afternoon before and said, this is what I'm doing and this is what I want you to do. Um, so like city staff didn't get a lot of notice either. They got more notice in city council, but still these are like big policies. Um, like the, the, the sort of the temporary structured encampment idea, the better 10 city idea, um, Keep in mind, the city of Guelph does not have a social services department. All of our social services are managed from the county. So we're creating like a couple of different things out of whole cloth with that. Mm. Um, the building housing over parking. I mean, parking is a sensitive issue, especially downtown. And I made this point in Market Square that, you know, the Fountain Street lot is a toxic pit, which is yeah. why it's a parking lot. It used to be a oil refinery, which is why it's a parking lot now. It's a toxic pit. And if the mayor wanted to do something, why not like accelerate like remediation for all brownfields like that Fountain Street lot, like Beverly Street, like the Lafarge site? Um, like there's lots of land in town that is like in serviceable areas ready to build on. It, it just like they're toxic and need to be remediated. And granted, again, provincial jurisdiction, blah, 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 blah. So, but we're kind of pissing in provincial pools all over the place with this stuff. <laughs> um, and then the budget stuff. I mean people want to think this is like a Guelph phenomenon that we're just like spend thrifty in Guelph because we're all woke or whatever, but like <laughs> Cambridge lunatics, man, <laughs> lunatics, but you know, Cambridge passed a 7% increase. Like Cambridge like is, is Cambridge woke is Cambridge full of left wing loonies. No, well, they're broke. Not woke. Right. That, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's it's interesting. It's an inversion of the, usually it's go woke, go broke, but they, they go broke. So well, they go woke. We're broke. Knows? So we, we, present um, as woke right <laughs> uh yeah um but you know region of wellington region of waterloo uh i think it was 6.1 percent increase so like cambridge is getting a double whammy like we're a single tier municipality so 10 percent for one tier not too shabby when you look at cambridge is getting whammy with like over 13 percent in one year but um but i mean it's it's a universal problem uh in ontario uh cities are dramatically drastically hilariously underfunded and have very little control over their own pocketbooks all said and so for cam to get up and just chop we're going to just chop saki six percent off because he had some conversations over christmas um i mean that's i mean granted you know we have 10 months before the budget has to 2025 has to be affirmed but still i was there at the budget process last year you know what got cut on top of the cuts that came from staff transit and that's it and then they phased in some some new positions at the city mm-hmm. and the library but you know we know what's going to get cut it's the most obvious things books and buses and you know councils certain councillors can scoff at that idea and think that uh i'm uh just you know throwing dirt up but i mean that that has been the trend when well, you know when you were watching council as long as I have, that has been the trend. Books and buses. That's where we cut. Yeah, and you definitely opened up both barrels in the today on the weekend, <laughs> which which is good in a way because it prompted a whole discussion about this, which needs to happen. And that that's the issue, yeah. right? It's like yeah. does it does this just sort of get steamrolled through and no one says anything? Right. And all you know, all comment, fair comment, right? Whether you're one of the people because it's always taxes and parking right the whining is Hmm. taxes and parking my taxes i can't park downtown so i don't go downtown but and then you know and the obverse of that is the whole like you were saying about the um well do you do you build on the parking lot or beverly uh, people 
people who know me know I'm very familiar with the Beverly slash Imico site. And, you know, two, that's been going on for so long that, you know, a mm. couple of people with shovels could have detoxified the whole place <laughs> very quietly without stirring up a lot of dirt. But they've just sat on it and sat on it for years and years and years, 30 years. Or, yeah, whatever, like some or whatever general... it is now. It feels like 30 years. It probably is, right? I think it's been over 30 years. Yeah. I mean, since since even like the the cult moved out of there. But the um... cult? <laughs> <laughs> the Church of the Universe will have you know. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Church of the Universe. Okay, well, fair enough. We don't want to catch I think there's still some, uh, let's say, wild plants growing over there. <laughs> I that believe you wouldn't it. want to touch just because... Yeah, we don't know what's under the ground there. Although there seems to be work going on. It's very kind of, hmm, not cloak and dagger, but I'm just surprised that an encampment hasn't sprung up over there. It is interesting. Yeah, it's know. unless there's security or something, I don't really know. And like I said, I, yeah. I pass it almost every day on foot. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But anyway, having yeah. said all of that, and I'm sure this is going to come come back at a future date, if not every single week until the end of the year. But no, maybe not. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have definitely run out of time on these two topics, but you are listening to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, and we will be back after a short, I was going to say intermission, a short break. <laughs> Stay tuned. Somebody say, somebody say, hello, 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 somebody say, Somebody cry, why, why, why? Somebody say, somebody sing, hello, hello, hello. Somebody say, somebody cry, why, why, why? Kurumani, Kuruman, Kurumani says, Maya, Chabule, Basitanda, yo, wo. And that was the fantastic sound of Lady Smith Black Mambazo from, I'm not sure what year that's from. People will be familiar with the Paul Simon version of that. But if you were listening closely, you would have heard a different voice in there. And that was Sarah McLaughlin. I'm not actually sure how that collaboration came about. And the song was Homeless. <laughs> Bill 124 has finally, finally been beaten in court after several challenges Bill 124, mm. if folks didn't know, this came out in 2019 from the Doug Ford government in an attempt to save money uh, at the provincial level by capping increases to public servants by 1%. And it was fought tooth and nail over the years. We're now on year four of this. Finally struck down. There was a rumor as to whether it would go to the Supreme Court, but the Ford government has said, no, we're going to repeal this. And I think the official line was they're going to repeal it so their workers don't suffer any more hardship. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Throw your hand up and go, what? <laughs> so that seems to be what has quashed this finally. Deficit not eliminated. Nothing coming out of it actually happened other than distressed workers and more enraged people as seems to be the recurring theme with this government in particular well and not only that but i mean it hasn't been sort of universally applied either like they they found workarounds and loopholes to their own legislation as they've been you know negotiating with teachers and and other unions and and just to amend something you said i think it's been almost five years because i think it was like sometime in 2019 they passed bill 124 oh that's so right we're in 2024 like, yeah years. it's like it's been almost five years <laughs> that they Yikes. that 
that they've been fighting this. And of course, like the vast majority of that five years was during a global pandemic where we were leaning pretty heavily on people who we were deciding we weren't going to give raises to greater than 1%. Yeah, so r- rather than roll with it or discuss it, they've done this deferral thing as they do, following up with the obsession with cars and beer and all the announcements coming out this week has been, oh, you're not going to have to register your car anymore. And oh, yeah. Highway 7 is going to get rammed through finally. That's another 30-year run, isn't it? That's another 30-year project. Yeah. So yeah, we- we'll see. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. It's like our library. It's like, mm, is, is, is something actually happening? So yeah, they've, they've done this deflect and defer thing on it ra- rather than embrace it wholeheartedly and say, okay, we're going to do this instead. But again, having to walk it back. You know, this well, government also, is just, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it was also on the fly again. Because um, Peter Bethan Falvey, the finance minister, he was doing a, a, an availability on like Monday afternoon after the the decision. And it was like his availability was about the third quarter financials, but obviously all the questions were about like, okay, well, what about Bill One Twenty Four? And he's like, well, you know, we're we're gonna look at the decision and you know, blah 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 blah. And then it was like an hour later, I got the press release from from the Ontario government saying, oh, we're not going to appeal. So it's like it 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 was a real weird situation where Beth and Falvey was, you know, <laughs> he always seems to be the guy that's sent out after these. <laughs> to sort of tackle them but he's like he's he's giving like sort of non-answer answers and then in an hour we get a definitive answer in a press release it, that the whole thing was weird he he seems less offensive and doesn't get the ire up like doug ford does but he's also better at reading he's better at reading copy and i think he's also better at uh let's call it freewheeling on answers because yeah, i think that's fair yeah we know that doug ford isn't but <laughs> so yeah once again the backtracking you kind of alluded it to it there about the uh, public service and the how they were going to use the notwithstanding clause on striking. Mm-hmm. They had to walk mm-hmm. that back. Mm-hmm. Um, let's expand it further to the green belt walked back. Mm-hmm. The amalgamation of Peel region mm-hmm. also struck down as, like over and over. I don't know if there's anything that has stuck in terms of big ticket legislation with these folks. Um, although I, ha- I have to say. As I always am, credit where credit's due. I did hear about the black curriculum that's coming out. Sure. For, uh, black History Month. Yeah. I do think that that's a positive thing. I'm not sure what prompted yeah. that. I'm not even sure whether the, the Queen's Park was behind it. I'm pretty sure they probably weren't. But uh, so there, there's a good thing that came out of this past week, I would say. But other than that, every, <laughs> almost everything else. And uh, I, as I was saying about them pivoting from having to talk about bill 124 uh, doug's plan is to beat on bonnie crombie i'm sure you saw some of that Adam. Uh, she's uh, the queen of the carbon the tax. queen of the carbon tax that's the new line and what's her line desperate doug which i, desperate <laughs> I don't know bad. if she just that was fr- shooting from the hip but that was that was pretty good it's like desperate doug versus yeah. queen yeah. of the carbon tax she's totally for it i mean we know she has been untested so far as the liberal leader right so it's not mm. as if They'd have to go back to her record of Mississauga and what she said on the carbon tax. And pretty, I don't know if it, how much. I don't know anything about how Bonnie Crombie feels about the carbon tax. But this is this is the thing. Rather than talk about the matter at hand and their well, failures, I mean, because it is a failing. Uh, it's Bonnie yeah. Crombie is the queen of the carbon tax. It's like, come on, guy. Like, really? <laughs> this is where you're going to go with this. It, it's so bizarre because like, she was an MP for... 
three years, I think, before she went to Missis- to Mississauga and, and ran in municipal politics there. And if people remember, like, 2008 to 2011 was the Michael Ignatieff era. Holy cow, it's not long ago, eh? Yeah, so <laughs> it's... So it's like, even if, I mean, granted, Stefan Dion talked about the karma tax, but that never went anywhere. Um, so I'm not even sure where, I mean, it's, I, that's one of those things that, you know, Doug Ford's thinking of like going to a drive-in movie in the 1960s and seeing the queen of the carbon tax, watch her destroy the economy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like the whole thing, right? Like the whole thing announcement on Tuesday, which was like, we're going to have a, we're going to make it so that you. Future governments have to hold a referendum before putting a price on carbon. It's like, are there not any real crises in Ontario? Because I'm pretty sure there are. Um, you know, I've not for nothing. I've been in our local hospital's emergency room lately. It's not great. Um, <laughs> maybe we could get some help there. Um, you know, we spent the first half of the show talking about homelessness and housing and mental health issues and drug addictions. Uh, we're not getting any help there, but hey, at least you know we're going to have a future referendum if a future government wants to impose a price on carbon. Oh, great, great, cool stuff. And I mean, not for nothing, but the legislature's back next week on Tuesday. Like, this is what you're queuing up. You know, th- like you're. This is like the week you're supposed to be like getting all your stuff in a row to to launch when you're actually sitting as a legislature and passing stuff. And this is what you're preoccupied with. Uh, I'm not really, I mean, not that I'm ever really filled with confidence where a Ford is concerned, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm even filled with even less confidence now. But at least you can get a beer at the shortstop soon. That'll be exciting, won't it? Yay. Well, I mean, that's not, it's not, it's not bad news, but <laughs> no, but it's, they just, they do this rollout with a little clips trying to be meme about it. And it's just, I know. forget it. It's so painful. And speaking of pain, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but the grumbling about the license plates or not, sorry, not license plates, car registrations, which car registration is going to be in the omnibus bill that's going to drop called the, get this, the get it done act. Great stuff. Great. In the the wake of nothing getting done or very little getting done, it seems Mm -hmm. that this bill is going to be the one that's going to get it done for everyone. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Is it going to like Timbits will be legal tender at Service Ontario at Staples or whatever is that's that's something that like as we were off like that was like in full swing. We've just kind of forgotten about that. That, mm. they, that, that there was a whole policy cooked up, um, and like a, a reporter, Richard Southern from City News, finds out about it. Is reporting on it for three weeks, and then they announce it like. <laughs> Like there wasn't already controversy about it, but leaving that aside, like the whole thing about the 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 vehicle registration, it's it's solving a problem they created mm-hmm. because I, I think it was Global News that discovered that you know the the number of fines for people not renewing their registration was going up because people don't have to pay for it anymore. It used to be like you knew on your birthday you go into Service Ontario, you get that new sticker, and you pay your hundred bucks. But they got rid of that. Yep. And so people were going to get their new sticker anymore. And and we're getting fined because of it. And so like they create problems that they then have to solve and then want to be patted on the back for solving the problem. The the Which, number that I the number that I heard is that there are more than a million, a million cars yeah. 
on the road in Ontario yeah. with invalid registrations. Yeah. And whether you know that or not, if you get pulled over by the cops, they don't care. They're going to yeah. ask you for your registration and it's not valid and you get dinged. I think it's 150 bucks. Well, no, nobody ever stopped by a cop for any reason. Did it? I mean, right. <laughs> But I mean, what are the stops going to be like in the future? It's like, can I see your license on oh, registration? Well, you know, it's just kind of up in the air. So we're just going to assume that this car is yours and it's yeah. up to date. And, and they yeah. lost, what was it on the stickers? Was it a billion dollars? Am I wrong yeah. in saying that? A billion nope. dollars. We're going nope. to just get rid of that revenue stream because that's what it is. We don't like service Ontario. We're going to get rid of that too. We're just yep. not going to get reg- regulate anything. They got rid of drive clean. And yep. if you walk around in this town, you can tell by the sound of the mufflers every day <laughs> that getting rid of the drive clean was a bad idea. They could have at least modified it. But now there's a car runs up and down our street that does not have a muffler. You know why? Because it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And no one cares. Oh, like the hand, like there are some nights, the Hanlon Expressway, which is like literally outside my bedroom window. There's some nights it's, it's. It's like Death Race 2000 out there. It's that same damn car. I yeah. think he just drives over the handle and goes <laughs> up to the place. I hear it him. You be. hear him. It's like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, you know, the, the, the ridiculousness continues. Mm-hmm. So. That's a good segue. That's a good. <laughs> speaking of ridiculous. <laughs> CTV. Mm-hmm. A division of Bell. Sure in their wisdom last week, and this is the, uh, we'll call this the second round of layoffs, but a much larger round of layoffs has happened. What was the final number? I don't know, 40 over 4,900. 4,900. Some, some of those people are right away, and some of them are going to get their pink slips later in the spring. So, yeah. Yeah. And that it, it obviously affects Canada wide, but our area in particular, and that some of the mm-hmm. things that have spun off from this is that there's going to be no more noon hour newscasts. So you'll miss the mm-hmm. uh, the barbecue coming out of the new kitchen at CTV Kitchener, which we love. Mm-hmm. We jibe at them mm-hmm. a little bit, but we we do love them and and know some of them and know some of the people that have uh, lost their jobs out of this. But I also yeah. noticed there were some fairly uh, big names in media. I'm saying big names in terms of people that have been around for a while. Off the top of my head, sure. Jill Bakishin is one. Yeah. Probably name others. I don't have a list in front of me, but it's like there, there's somebody who's been around for a long time. In the previous layoffs, it was uh, Danielle Hamemjan who has found herself with Global now as a, I'm going to say in quotes, special correspondent, which to me sounds like a freelancer working out of um, mm-hmm. Israel, Gaza, Palestine these days. Mm-hmm. So she has managed to pivot, but obviously out of this number of uh, folk that have been let go and only I've seen some ranting about, oh, those darn union people and whatnot. This it's, I think it's less than 25% of this number is, is uh, workers affiliated with Unifor. So a lot of it is just, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of those are the techie guys too. So it's not yeah, the, te- the, the techie people, some of whom will be in Unifor, but it sounds, it sounds like the, knock-on effect is going to be it's not just the faces and the names that we know it can name off the top of our head it's i heard of like mm-hmm. a makeup artist and all these ancillary mm-hmm. uh, people who support the network right but the moaning coming from bell mm-hmm. <laughs> how this it's just not profitable don't believe it it's less profitable but it's not completely not profitable there's this, there is nomenclature here, right? They're down 
I think they've gone down to something around just shy of 10% down from 11.3% mm. or something in terms of the money that they are bringing in well mm. over it's billions, billions in profit, but because it's less billions, that's why they've undertaken these cuts and cutting loose 45 radio stations anymore. Cause they're saying, quote, radio is not a viable business anymore. He says, <laughs> on, he says on the radio station that people listen to in this town. Now, mind you, to be clear, we're not a business. We are no. in the business of radio, but this is not a business. We, we, we just do this. Right. <laughs> but uh, to say that it's not profitable, but then those stations are immediately snatched up by other players. Right. Uh, you're being a bit disingenuous there, Bell. I'm sorry to say it's just, you know, you're, it's, it's, you're you're lying. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's it's conglomerate thinking, right? Because like news is never like it was always understood. News you don't make a profit on news. News is a public good. News is a lost leader. You make up, you know, you give up an hour or two of your programming day to do the news. You make it up through the other twenty three hours of the day or twenty twenty two hours of the day. Um, but it, you know. As I, as I said, it, it's conglomerate thing. It's the same thing with you know Loblaws. Loblaws is, makes massive profits, um, largely from the side where they can mark stuff up, like the cosmetic side and Odd Shoppers Drug Mart, and uh, you know the medicine side. Um, they, they don't make have they don't have a lot of overhead on food, but you're making huge profits on this side of things. So why can't you take less profits in order to lower the prices on this side and like make sure people can aff buy affordable food? It's the same thing at Bell. News is a lost leader, but they are making massive profits because they're essentially a monopoly on cell phones and internet. And I mean, cable isn't what it used to be, but people still have still have their cable boxes because it's it's an easy way to access. Um, you know, they're all internet enabled now. You know, so it's an easy way to access like streaming sites and, um, you know, time shifting and streaming options and and all that stuff. So, um. It, it just seems like the the math isn't mathing, so huh. to speak. It, yeah. it just it, it, that's what it feels like. And to, to get to the other side of this too, it's not like they were making huge investments in local news. Last time I watched the weekend news on the local Kitchener station, there was like a 20, 20 minute segment from the National News Center. Like Heather Butts came yeah. on for like twenty minutes to do national news, and a lot of the stuff during the weekend news was like canned stuff from. Other CTV services, the Toronto uh, station, um, the National News Desk, like there was maybe like a couple of working reporters that were out there like doing news gathering on the weekend anyway. Yep. So it's it's not like there was millions of dollars to save here, but of course, when you look at that at a cross country thing and however many TV stations they have, they cut they cut the weekend newscast from Kitchener. From you know Barry, London, Saskatoon, yeah. wherever it, any it of the satellites up, any of the yeah, any of the satellites. And of that, course, that in turn is where the let's call them the filler stories come from, though, because it was yeah, you could tell oh, yeah. that they were before this announcement. You could tell that they were tinkering with it because there were stories on them. Like, God, where is this? It looks like Montreal. It's not Kitchener. <laughs> it's not Cambridge. And, and and then it was. It was like. It was a charitable fundraiser for so and so, the kind of thing that they would normally do out of uh, locally in our area. It's yeah, like chase the ace in Menonine or something. <laughs> yeah. 
And bless them, they do what they do, and it's great that you're raising money for this kid, but this kid is several hundred, perhaps thousands of kilometers from here. Right. (laughs) So you're just you're just kind of shoveling in filler as they're doing now at lunchtime. And we 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 sound like a couple of old whiners here, but I mean I I I think I'm loyal to CTV Kitchener just because uh, when I first got here, which is a while ago now, it was the only game in town to find out what's going on. So I've stuck with it, right? But well, I don't I mean, think, it's, it's I don't think news, I'm alone in that. It still has reach. I mean, it still has reach. I mean, absolutely. You know, when, you, when you look at you know who CTV Kitchener partners with and like the different community groups and different community events, like the Waterloo Jazz Festival, um, you, you know, there there still have there's still power in that. It's still reaching people. It may not necessarily be on TV um, at noon, five, six, and eleven thirty, but it is still reaching people. So there is still value in it, which is why they're holding on to it even as they're they're cutting. Which mm-hmm. is the most bizarre thing at all. If you don't believe in local news, just get out of the game. Just have your stations in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver because they're, you know, through the cable box, you can get them all over the country anyway. Like, either either you're in or you're out, and I think that's that's one of the things I'm feeling. It's like if you're out, then get out, and then maybe you can open up opportunities for people who are really going to be truly dedicated to the project of local news to fill the void. But if you're in, get in. Don't do this like ghost tv like yeah this is a cross bell media too it's like the comedy network much music bravo what used to be called space is now ctv sci-fi it's like all of these stations are just ghosts of their form and self cycling through this you made a joke about they're going to replace any news with the big bang theory but i'm here to tell (laughs) you bell media is putting jim parsons great grandchildren through college (laughs) it's <laughs> and and to and to do that is cheaper. Yeah. with local cuz this is part of the complaint. Oh, sorry. I found the number 6.7 billion down down to 6.44 billion. Yeah. So they're still Great in stuff. the billions. I knew it was in the 600 just to clarify that number from earlier. But yeah, as you're saying, it's easier for them to do that. And part of the part of the issue too out of this is that they complain that it's an overregulated industry. It's overregulated, right. not overregulated. Sorry, I'm saying that it's regulated for a reason. Because if it yeah. wasn't, you wouldn't yeah. have local news. You wouldn't have local no. content. That is why they do it. The CBC is supposed to take care of and has taken care of a lot of that over the years. But even as you know, due to market forces, let's call it, they're subject to. Well, we need to show these other things because that's actually what people are interested in and then in the middle of all that there is the news the national news well you wouldn't have juice you you wouldn't have juice rain doing a streaming show on crave either because juice rain (laughs) didn't come up through the the canadian quote-unquote star making system because we don't really have one he came up through youtube and you know crave procures him and and it's like look at how canadian we are like a, a juice rain tv show and that's or and i guess another example a ctv example would be lily singh didn't she start off as a youtuber and now she hosts that yeah the show that's replacing the new news what's it called the generations or whatever yeah yeah gen x all the way man (laughs) (laughs) we know trivia and we did it without devices too by the way so but we are the last ones we're the last we're the last ones 
Everything's yeah. just a device now. It's all about the devices and the money. But anyway, just just to end there, uh, it seems that Bell and BC executives have been called to testify at a Heritage Committee meeting at the end of February. One so would hope. We've seen the end of this topic. They're to talk yeah. about these cuts. Why did you cut, even though we're trying to support you? And then I guess an offshoot of that is Pierre Polyev are taking every chance he gets to beat on the media because it's all just Justin Trudeau mouthpiece people, which is incorrect. Uh, and we are because it's not like Pierre Polly ever ever benefited from media coverage. Yeah, his <laughs> idea of media is uh, Rebel and Canada Proud and uh, and not us. Even though we're no, no. we're the independents no. that he should probably support because we we don't not only no, do no, we he, take money from anybody we don't get money from anybody. So well, this is true. You're a hundred percent right about that. Um, but he needs he needs CTV. He needs CBC. He needs to, the Toronto Star. He needs them all because they're the ones he gets to beat up on and nobody's coming to their defense. So he needs them as the bad guy. It's like he can bitch and moan all he wants about it, but he needs the Canadian mainstream media because he needs an enemy, especially when he doesn't have Justin Trudeau to beat up anymore. And it's going to pay me to say this, but if he wanted to come on open sources, we would absolutely, absolutely. Are we going to turn down an interview with the leader of the official opposition? Absolutely not. So there you go, Pierre, if you're listening or if your people are listening. We the sword has you. been thrown down. And all conservative candidates, actually. Absolutely. And all of our listeners are going, what? I'm outraged. <laughs> but that's just how we roll. And speaking of roll, we have to roll on now because we, have we to roll. knocked yeah. out the hour as we always do. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM. I'm Scotty Hertz, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Blue Sky. And Adam, where yes. can folk find you? Uh, still on Twitter at Adam A. Donaldson. Also find me at guelphpolitico.ca, and you can subscribe to the Guelph Politico tip sheet at Substack at guelphpolitico.substack.com. Yeah. And I suspect next week, out of simplicity, we will probably have reverted back to our regular roles. But <laughs> Maybe. This has been an Open Sources special report. Thanks <laughs> once again for joining us. And you can find us at opensourcesguelph.com as well. And at any time in the CFRU archive, CFRU.ca, there's a pull-down menu. Just look for Open Sources. You can listen to every show we've ever done, I believe. Every, every show. Absolutely. Every show ever. You can listen to all the shows we haven't done. That's right. <laughs> Project into the future. So, <laughs> But once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, see you next week. Take care. A la prochaine.